0: One's from the trailer park, one's from the farm, rings on their fingers, no babies on their arms, taking life with a grain of salt and lime, living, loving, laughing, we're having a good time, nothing too deep won't tell you how to vote, two stand-up comics with stories from the road, we're cutting up.
1: Loving, we're having a good time. All right, we got a hot podcast coming up. We got uh, Hannah falls in love and Dusty hangs out in L.A. This is the We're Having a Good Time podcast. <laughs> My name's Dusty Slay, and she is Hannah Hogan. So
0: wonderful to be back into the studio, Dusty. Nice to see you.
1: Ah, we're having a great time. Nice to see you, Hannah. Nice to see you, Dusty. We're pumped to be back. We've had a busy week. Um, And uh, we're happy to be back. We're going to switch up the order a little bit. We want to change it up. We always go where we've been, where we're going. We're going to switch it up. We're going to go right into advice to comics.
0: Yeah, it's the last two months of 2018. Who knows what we're we're going to do, but we're trying to surprise ourselves, go out with a bang.
1: We're getting crazy. And what I've got is uh, I've got some advice to comics, but then I'm going to read a story because I asked earlier for some comics to send me some stories about some places they've slept on some road, on the road, some situations they've found themselves in. And I got several. But the one that I'm going to read is from a friend of mine who is from Atlanta. I think he lives in New York now named Max Fine. And uh, he wrote a pretty fun story about uh, a situation he got into. Uh, so we'll read that story off. But first, let's do our advice to comics. You are what you are. I'm going to make him an offer to with you.
0: I don't know what you're talking about. All right. All
1: right, and this is what I think. I mean, I think this is very important because I think it's easy to get into this. It's. I think it's important to, to um, not worry about what other comics are doing. It's important to not look at other people and go, they're getting this. Why am I not getting this? It's important to do that because... You never know what's happening for people at different times. You never know who's getting recognized when and why and what's happening. And it and it may not, and oftentimes, is not even a reflection on your ability to do comedy. Now, I'm not saying that the people that are getting things aren't good and don't deserve them. And I'm not saying that because you're not getting them that uh, it's not, you know, you could be getting slighted, but you, you could not be, you know. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. you might not be getting a gig that you think you should be getting, but maybe you're not good enough yet. You know what I mean? Or you may not be getting a gig that you should be getting, but it's not because you're not good. It's some other thing. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and sometimes you just have to be patient. I mean, I've been pissed off at people and places and opportunities that I didn't get, and then I got them like two months later, and I'm like, okay, well.
1: Totally. I mean, I've emailed people for months and months and months, and then in the end... Uh, I've been, I I take it personal, but I'm, I'm, I'm usually careful to not say anything rude. Uh, I just get upset in my own head. And, and then all of a sudden I get the gig and then I'm like, oh, well, because I feel like sometimes we think this has got to happen right now. And if this doesn't happen right now, then it's never going to happen, but it could happen a year from now. And you'd be like, oh, well, I'm glad that happened when it did.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But I will say though, that, uh. You know, I think there's something intrinsic. Uh, I feel like being jealous is a part of being an artist in a little way.
1: Well, sure. I mean, sure. I mean, I don't think there's any way to turn these things off,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: to not let it get to you. You know, I mean, it's like we're going to be upset about some things, uh, but, you know, the the less, the better. Yeah. But because I, I, I think that sometimes people hear that, you know, they might hear you say, oh, uh, jealousy is a part of being an artist, and then they they get to thinking well i i 'm not jealous about anything. Am I a real artist <laughs> you know or, but i don
0: 't think anyone ever thought that though
1: maybe I, not but, i
0: I highly doubt
1: but i I think that some people get into the starving artist thing mm-hmm. to feel like um you know oh i'm i 'm living this life i 'm doing this starving artist thing you know i 've never been a starving artist now, granted i've been relatively poor most of my life. Uh, so maybe I don't even know what Starving Artist yeah, is. Yeah, I think
0: you're not quite clear on what that is.
1: But I'm just saying, I've never been like, where's my rent coming from? I always try to plan my life around my financial situation. When I decided to go full-time comedy, I, I moved into an addict. And that cost me uh, 250 bucks a month. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I think, uh, I think that what I mean, I guess, is that you know, sometimes it's more painful to try to deny yourself feelings of envy and jealousy every once in a while. I mean, let yourself feel it, but don't be consumed by it. I know I know I know, gotta, I I know people that it out. Well, no, I, that but but I mean, it if, if it comes up it's cuz you're human, right? But I just just like say from my own journey, it's like when I was younger, I would get consumed with stuff like that and it really brought me down and it affected the way I talked to people, the way I talked to myself, the the way I tried for things or didn't try for things and I think I don't know. I can see that. It, maybe it's more of a young person thing, but I can see it in, you know, just well, even people on local scenes. It's like they're so consumed by what they don't have that they're, it almost renders them in unable to do anything.
1: Right. Well, that's why I agree. And that's why I think it's important to have a plan. You have to know, you have to have goals and you have to know what, what am I trying to get to? Because. Then you got some little things that you can hit all the way to be like, okay, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, rather than comparing yourself to someone else worrying about what they're getting, especially in this social media age where sometimes people aren't getting the things that it looks like they're getting. They just know how to play it up. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And things come out, writings, articles, things come out about people, and it'll be like the greatest article in the world and you think, man, how are they getting that? And then you realize that the article is, you know, by their next door neighbor, you know, it's like a nothing article, but if it's shared, then it seems like it's great. Yeah. But, and and that being said, if you're talked about in one of these articles, great, you know, it's wonderful. I'm always happy when I see uh, my fellow comics, getting things and getting mentioned in things. But sometimes you also even have to keep those things in perspective, If even if you are receiving it. It's like, it, does this matter? Does this mean anything? Because it's nice to get, nice to share. But if it doesn't mean anything, then it, that's just what it is. It's just.
0: is. I'm always surprised, though, how f- good it feels when you win. Even one one time I won like a really bad open mic contest, but I won it. And I was like, woo, baby. (laughs) Whoa.
1: whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean,
0: it felt good. Yeah.
1: Winning's good. We like winning. Winning's fun. Who doesn't like winning? Winning
0: really is fun. But sometimes it's not. But the despair of loss and jealousy really stays with you longer.
1: Right. But sometimes, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, like there's always these articles written like up and coming and this and that. And I've never, I've never been mentioned in any of those. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's easy. And sometimes my, you know, in, in, inside I'm like, "Why, why am I not mentioned in that? You know? Oh yeah. But it's like, I don't care because I have a career. Um, and I'm doing great. And it's like, if I don't need that article to help me get to the level I'm at, then I don't care. Yeah. You know? And it's like, but you also can use that as fuel. You use that emotion and go, well, "Well, how do I get mentioned?" And and what what does it take to get mentioned? Not not just it's not about the article. It's now what do I need to be doing? What can I work to achieve? But sometimes you got to say, "You know what? I'm doing the right stuff." That's why if you're hitting your goals, you're doing the right stuff. You just work, you don't got to be worried about, you know, not worry about the wrong things. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah because there's a lot of noise all around like
0: there's a lot of noise you know we
1: could you know you could go you know you could be doing horrible at comedy and then you go to some place where everyone likes you and they all tell you how great you are right well you feel good in that moment because everyone's telling you how great you are but in the places where it really matters the audiences are not telling you that you're great and that's what matters is that the audiences are telling you that you're great and are you getting new venues are you doing new things are you taking new steps are people, you know, are you going on the road with people? Are you are you are you having success in the clubs?
0: Yeah. Find excuses to prove to yourself why you're better than your opponents.
1: Sure, yeah, yeah. But be I mean the audience though, that's that's what matters, right? If the audience is digging you night after night, put yourself in different situations and see, is my material working everywhere? Am I only good in the hipster rooms? Am I only good on the on the Road gigs? Am I only good in the clubs? Am I good everywhere? Because if you can make people laugh everywhere, it doesn't matter who talks about you. You got it going on.
0: Mm. Hmm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I just had a coffee.
1: I'm pumped up now.
0: Yeah, you fired up, and I like it.
1: We went for a walk. We went took a little adventure around, and now I'm pumped up.
0: Yeah, I'm fired up. I like when my uh, when my co-host slash husband gets fired up on some midday coffee because usually right. that's I'm the only one that does that. Well, I feel jacked. Yeah, I'm jacked up too. Lie to you. It feels good. It does feel good. Get that. Get that coffee up in you. I mean, you're just railing at 7 p.m. I'm not sleeping tonight. I'm just lying in my bed, thinking my (laughs)
1: thoughts, comparing myself to others. (laughs)
0: <laughs> we in the fog of the caca bean right now, but
1: I think before we close, though, I think it's important to set yourself some goals so that you know what you're trying to achieve. But also, be original. Now, sometimes people hear "be original" and they think, "Oh, well, I gotta, I gotta reinvent the wheel." And it's like, no, you still want to go there, stand up to the microphone, and talk into it.
0: It'd be really hard to reinvent the wheel. I mean, a circle is pretty, pretty dope way to transport yourself. It would be,
1: yes, it would would be tough. But you could do like a, you know, like a a kind of an octagon shape, but with many more sides, whatever that would be.
0: Uh, Tons and tons of sides. So it basically is a circle, but there's little edges along the way. It
1: is a bit of a reinvention. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. But that's what I mean, I think, with comedy, right? You want to be, it's still a wheel. You're still on a wheel, but you just got more sides to it. You know, just go up there. Just try to make people laugh and be true to yourself. When I first started doing comedy, I tried to do, you know, quote unquote, redneck comedy, uh, much like I, I kind of do now anyway. But I was trying to make it up. Mm-hmm. then I was like, oh, no, I don't need to make this up. I lived in a trailer park. I lived on a farm. I don't need to make this up. I lived it.
0: Yeah, but I mean, there's different gradations of redneck comedy because you are your own person. So the more you sought to find out who you are and what kind of man you are, the more that was reflected in your right. act. You know, and it's like, are you a redneck? I don't know. Are you a Southerner? For sure. So, I mean, for you to yeah, be Yeah, I don't labeled, think I'm a
1: redneck. I, no.
0: No, I don't. Well, and that not mean. But I mean, it's, it's such a, it's considered such a pejorative term to people from the South. But I mean, it's like, it's a pretty great way to describe a. Uh, mode of thought or lifestyle right and I don't
1: yeah I mean I don't uh, mean anything by the type of comedy what I'm saying is I was trying uh, that I was trying to make up jokes when I didn't need to make up jokes oh, okay I just needed to to be yourself be myself yeah so it's not about redneck or not redneck it's about I was trying to make up these kind of jokes when I'm like oh no I live that yeah I can just talk about what I already know yeah. That's my point, point. Mm-hmm. and that's what we got to do. I mean, but sometimes you know, um, you know, if the truth is sad, uh, it, it it can be really hard.
0: What do you mean? The truth is sad. If
1: it, I'm saying be truthful, but sometimes you know, as you know, you you, you sometimes want to talk about uh, the true things that happen in your life, and it can oh. be sad. Right?
0: Oh me, oh yeah.
1: Well, just in general, I know I know several people that are doing it. You know, they want to talk about these true things about mm-hmm. them, and it's hard. So you have to, you know, as you know, you've tried several different things, and I think that you have a really good angle that you're working oh, on yeah, right I
0: now. Oh, yeah, I got a new, uh, my mom and my brother died in a car accident joke. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And
1: I think that you got a good angle on that right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's exciting. Well, well, the thing about it is, is
1: I think that it's important for the audience to understand who you are and what your point of view is. That way, when, you, uh, when you're when telling these jokes, they, they can see where you're coming from. You know, like if I'm making fun of the Western sizzling, uh, you know, depending on who I am, people could take offense to it. Mm-hmm. But if you know that I've waited tables not once, but two different times at the same Western Sizzling, then I'm I got I can make fun of it. I've made the ice cream at Western Sizzling. I've smoked cigarettes with no hands while rolling silverware at Western Sizzling. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can make fun of it if I want
0: yeah, to. Your brand is authentic.
1: Right. And so but people, you know, that don't know me might think, oh, well, Western Sizzlin's my favorite restaurant. You can't make fun of that. Yeah. But you know what? I can. I've yeah. brought people yeast rolls before.
0: Yeah. And you know, what's interesting about you and your act is you also have a big chunk about how you grew up in a trailer park and, you know, nine times out of 10, it just crushes. But sometimes if you go into more of an affluent audience, they kind of pull back because you start making fun of, you, you'll you make a couple like white trash jokes or you'll not make fun of poor people, but you'll comment on it in your, uh, Act And they'll act – they'll perceive it as you dissing poor people. And then because they're rich, they're like, well, we don't want to do that. We don't want to make fun of poor people. That's not right for us to do that. But it only happens when you're around more affluent audiences because they don't yeah. feel like they have the permission to laugh. Yeah, totally. I don't know if that was uh, too much of a sidebar. No, no. I'm with you. I like it. And it's like uh, – so that's right. right. Our- I've been reading a lot of – uh 19th century French literature lately. <laughs> really, really getting wordy. Yeah, keeping it
1: topical. You she know, keeps saying we're a uh, redneck couple. She keeps using new words, and then she and then I won't know what it means. And she'll go, "Well, look it up," like she's a teacher. And uh, I'm like, you like know, I'm a teacher. I I'm am like, a teacher. If 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 you keep learning all these words, teacher of the soul. If you keep learning these words that I don't understand, we're going to be speaking a different language before you know it.
0: Well, I already speak Southern, so that you can understand me.
1: Well, no, I can understand you, but you now can you're you? using words that I don't... Can
0: you? You've just said that you can't. Well,
1: I've said that we're going to get to a place where I can't. Well... Because you're learning words and you won't tell me what they mean. You well, just want me to look them up. And if I, I've, I've learned all the words that I need. <laughs> I
0: right, then, Dusty. You know what I mean? I then I'll reform back to this speaking so me and you can live ourselves a nice little life. Well, I think
1: they're confusing accents with new I words. I ain't
0: confusing nothing.
1: You're you're saying that I'm complaining about you doing a different accent.
0: Nah, I'm using a dialect, using, I reckon.
1: Well, whatever it is. accent. Yeah. Dialect. Well,
0: dialect is a form of speech and communication.
1: Right. But I'm speaking specifically on new words. Is ya? I is.
0: <laughs> I right, then.
1: But, uh, so that's our advice there, and I hope that that's helpful. Do you have anything else to add?
0: I don't reckon I'll do.
1: Okay. All right, so if you want, I'll go ahead and read this story. Mm. Story
0: time with Dusty and Hannah. Yeah. Let's give it a more clear uh, introduction. So we we said uh, to uh, our listeners, send us some stories about horror stories on the road or horror story condos and stuff like that, and we got a, a nice uh, stream of supply uh, replies, and this is one of them from Max Fine, really funny guy from Atlanta.
1: Yeah, and uh, this is. This hit me in a special way because uh, Max Fine, uh, this story is about him, you know, drinking on the road and blacking out. And uh, I did most of my blacking out before I did road come. Actually, I've never drank on the road doing comedy. So all, I, you know, I'm at a, you know, we used to drive out to Greenville a little bit and Columbia and stuff like that. Just different places in South Carolina, but never as a, a professional comic have I drank. I've been sober since 2014 and no, 2012, and uh, uh, so I've never. But I used to blackout all the time. So when I read this story, I thought, "Oh wow, this is this is pretty crazy." And it's also a condo that I've stayed at, and uh, so I enjoyed it. It's a it's a little long, uh, but I'm going to read it. Great. If you feel like you want to add something in at any point, uh, let me know. All right, so here we go. On March 29th, 2017. I did a show in Huntsville, Alabama at Stand Up Live. I remember thinking to myself that it would be much easier to spend the night in Huntsville than it would to make the four hour drive back to Atlanta later that night, largely in part due to my tendency to drink my weight in whiskey when I'm in Alabama. I reached out to the manager of the club who very graciously allowed me to stay at the beautiful comedy condo the club had at the time. I pulled into the brand new apartment complex in the downtown area of Huntsville. It was clean. Too clean for a guy like me. I had previously been warned to be careful, as the week before, a good friend of mine, Corey Forrester, had gotten in trouble for smoking cigarettes on the premises. I truly believe the hallmark of a successful drunk is planning, and plan I did. I knew that I was going to be drinking that night. Maybe not at the club, but definitely at the open mic I planned to go to afterwards. At this smoke-filled, beer-stained, sweatbox bar that seemed like it sometime allowed comedians to try their hand at their newest bits. I called Scott Eason, a Huntsville comedian and and a guy that's... Too good of a friend, he picked me up from the condo so that I wouldn't be behind the wheel that night, saving and enabling me. We rode to the club, did the show, and made our way to the open mic a few miles away. I don't remember how much I drank, but I do remember the moment I shot up at 5 a.m. out of a blackout snooze. Only to bang my head against the roof of my Subaru Forester. I did it again. I got naked and slept in the driver's seat of my car. Not to worry, I thought, and I grabbed the extra pair of underwear I kept in my glove box. Now, privates covered, I could stretch myself out in the parking garage of this apartment complex. A quick look around showed only two other cars in the complex, including one SUV with an open door. Hmm, that's strange, I thought. But I was tired. I had to get back to sleep. So I looked for the key to the apartment, nowhere to be found. I looked for anything familiar, my pants, a shirt, my shoes, anything. The key to making it through a blackout is to have something tangible to hang on to. Something to ground you back to reality, to help determine what's real and what isn't. Without a wallet or car keys, I started to panic. Oh man, they must be in the condo. I assured myself they were. At this point, I had to call the owner of the club. The gentleman who graciously allowed me to stay in the building, they reserve for the bigger and better comics. He came outside, and we were oddly matching. Two grown men and nothing but our underwear. He said, what happened? Well, I went outside to get my toothbrush, and I guess I forgot the keys to the apartment inside. This is the best I could think of. Uh, I didn't want to explain, yeah, I have no idea. Uh, My clothes are gone. My wallet's gone. My keys are gone. My dignity is gone, and if I had a wife, well, she'd probably be gone too. I walk back to the condo with confidence. That was a weird episode that will definitely be a cautionary tale when I sober up. Time to get dressed, start my day, and drive home. The condo was clean. I never made it inside that night. The bed that I was so excited to sleep in was still made, not touched by me. The wash of fear came over me. I didn't know what happened, but I knew that whatever it was was not good. My clothes were nowhere to be found, neither were my wallet and keys. I called Scott, who drove me home. He was like, well, man, you told me you were fine. You seemed fine, aside from the fact that you almost ripped my door off when you got out of the car. I have no idea what happened. I panicked. I grabbed an apartment key and ran back into the garage and almost ran straight through the open SUV door. I went back to my car and after three passes, well, I decided I definitely was not going to find my belongings. I propped up the trunk door and sat down in the back of my station wagon and smoked a cigarette in between tears. What am I doing with my life? This is no way to gather a story. This isn't who I want to be defeated, I started to walk back into the apartment. I was at least going to sit inside and try to make use of that expensive bed I never got to sleep in. Walking to the door, I went to close the SUV door. I thought, well, at least I could be a good parking neighbor. About a foot out from the car, I noticed something strange. Some people tie a rabbit's foot uh, or a name tag to their rearview mirror, a token of good luck or maybe a badge to get into their office. I had never seen someone hang an entire pair of jeans to a mirror, and I like to think I've seen a lot. As a self-proclaimed denim head, I figured I'd take a look to admire what kind of jeans they were. Rail cars, my favorite brand. Size 34, my size. Oh my God, these are my jeans, I almost screamed. I grabbed my pants, put them on. What more was in this SUV? I looked in the center console. My wallet. I opened the glove box. My keys and glasses. I felt like I'd stumbled into a sunken ship filled with stolen treasure. Except this ship was a Ford Explorer and this stolen treasure was my belongings. I did some digging. I don't know who this man was, but he was a doctor, an accomplished man, family physician in Huntsville and it looks like I broke into his car and took my clothes off. I can't tell you why. I don't know. I can't tell you if I met him. I don't know. But I do know that he had the best damn Yeti cooler stocked with some of the coldest yellow Gatorade I have ever stolen. Triumphantly, now as triumphantly as you can be finding your clothes in a strange man's car, I exited the vehicle. I took one last lap around the garage in an attempt to find my most prized possession, my red wing boots. Next to the door, neatly tied together, there they were. I smiled and went down and grabbed them. As I slid my left foot into the boot, I felt a crumbling itch on the bottom of my heel. I pulled out a sticky note. Where it came from, I'll never know. But I'll never forget what it said. Quote, slow down there, pal. You're going to get yourself into some real trouble one day. Signed, you. Max. I'm told comics don't have the luxury of using that condo anymore. And I can't imagine why.
0: Wow, I felt like I was in the NPR studios. Was that fun? Yeah. Yeah. Um, thanks, Max. That was, uh, great and, uh, funny and, (laughs) and, uh, very relatable since we're very, Dusty and I are both familiar with that club. And, uh, Dusty's very familiar with debauchery.
1: Yes. I've blacked out a lot and, uh, um, and I know that feeling. I mean, I've never woke up naked, uh, in someone or my car, but I have woke up naked on, uh, my couch twice when i had a friend sleeping over Uh, one time it was my friend jason gross another time it was my friend dave davis and they were sleeping on the couch and i woke up in the fetal position on the other couch naked (laughs) and uh
0: yeah i mean the thing that i like about his story is he doesn't feel the need to answer any questions i guess he doesn't know how because he doesn't have the answers but i mean listening to it as a reader i want to know well whose car was that and why were you naked and why were they not attending their own car and was there some sort of homoeroticism involved or like what (laughs) what happened you know
1: no one knows i mean that's and he
0: wrote a note to himself
1: that's the mystery of the blackout yeah yeah i've always i always i always have been writing jokes for a long time and i used to carry a notepad with me and you could you could tell when I would get into that notepad while I was drinking. Yeah, you know what I
0: mean, yeah, it's like see, you look back and like, that doesn't even look like my handwriting. It's
1: just dark. It's like I'm I'm at the Huddle House at 3 a.m. <laughs> alone writing. Don't trust anyone. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> I've read some of those uh, yeah. poems that yeah. you wrote. Yeah, you're very, uh, yeah, you're very poetic. Yeah, very yeah, dark some- and brooding, Dusty. Yeah, I got
1: some ramen in me.
0: Yeah. Guess some rhyming in you. Yeah, and then how did you find his story? Were there any words you didn't know?
1: No, I knew all those words because he's, oh, that's you great. Know, he's a normal speaking person.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, he spoke like English. Yeah. and yeah, me, he read in English.
1: Uh, me and Max are, are, you know, we're decent friends. Like, uh, But I feel like if I, we just don't, you know, we never lived in the same town. But I feel like if I was a drinker still, yeah, I would get along great with Max. Yeah. You know what I mean? We Yeah. Would, we would have woke up together in that car naked. You yeah. know what I mean?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. Send All us right. your stories. Yes. If you have a horror story, send them in.
1: I have lots of other people's. I just want to share a little bit at a time yeah. and, uh, you know, just to kind of – because I think it's fun. There's a lot of stuff on the road, you know, and I, I want to try to get through comics. Some musicians have sent me some stuff too. I want to try to do the actual comedy stories. But if you're a musician and you have a super fun story, I'd like to hear that too. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm excited to do these. I don't want to do too many all at once. Uh, all right. But let's do, we mix it up a little bit. Now let's get to where we've been, where we're going. Where they go, Where they been? Where they going? Where, where they been?
0: Where we're going, where we've been.
1: All right. Okay.
0: Still fun. Right. It's still fun.
1: All right. So um last earlier last weekend uh hannah's uh dad and his girlfriend were in town so neither of us had gigs so we were here uh at nashville hanging we'll get into that in a bit and then next week this weekend i'm going to um uh, crawfordsville country club in crawfordsville indiana now it's a charity i don't know if it's open to the public but it's right outside of indianapolis if you live there look that up i'd uh love to see you love to have you at the At the club, but I don't know if you can come or not. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I also don't want to try to advertise it to get people to pay charity money fees unless unless you're interested in the charity. I think it's something about animals.
0: Mm -hmm. Tonight I'm at Sidebar in Nashville, Tennessee.
1: Yeah. And um, that'll be a good time, but I fear that by the time this podcast is out, no one's going to have time. Yeah,
0: it's too late, but I just want people to know that I'm doing things.
1: (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) Fair enough. And then uh, next week, I'm going to be at the Jukebox in Peoria, Illinois. I'm very excited to go there. Hannah was there earlier this year. Uh, I hear nothing but good things about it. I'm excited to go. Uh, I'll be there the 8th through the 10th, Peoria, Illinois. And Hannah?
0: Yeah, I'm going on the road this week. I'm heading up to Iowa. I'm going to be with Jimmy Pardo, my friend Jimmy Pardo. I haven't done stuff with him in uh, since the, the summer. But I'll be with him at a casino on Wednesday in like Dubuque, Iowa, and then I'm going to be at Penguins Comedy Club in Cedar Rapids this weekend. So yeah.
1: that's going to be um, Wednesday. We'll probably,
0: I guess, we'll probably do and we could potentially do another podcast yeah. before. Well, it's just
1: Wednesday the seventh, yeah, and then the tenth and the eleventh.
0: No, Wednesday it's Wednesday. The 9th. Wednesday then, yeah, Wednesday the seventh and then the ninth and the tenth. I'm at Cedar Rapids. I think.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. Age is when I don't have anything.
1: All right. So that's where that's where we've been. Where we're going. All right. And now let's talk about.
0: They're on the road again. and Dusty are on the
1: road again. Telling super funny jokes to all their friends. Hannah and Dusty are on the road again. Yeah.
0: Talk about my dad coming to town. A couple yeah. Canadians rolling into Nashville. Yeah, last week Hannah's
1: dad and his uh, girlfriend came into town, mm-hmm. and we've hung out with them many times. But this is their first time at our new apartment, and uh, we did some fun stuff. So
0: yeah, we had a good time. Um, well, you know, they were guests, and they were in Nashville, and Nashville a pretty fun city. So we we wanted to you know do fun things with them, and and so we took it as an opportunity to be a little bit of a tourist in our own town. So. Um, we went to a Predators hockey game. Mm-hmm. Um, that was suggested by my dad because you can take the Canadians out of Canada, but you can't take the Canada out of Canadians. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so we went <laughs> ahead and went to the hockey we, game.
1: We did. And we, uh, this is our second time there. I really enjoyed it. But there was a weird thing that people were doing. Mm-hmm. Now, 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 they lost, but they got up uh, in the beginning. And I think the, 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 uh, the, the visiting team scored first. But then the Predators scored like four in a row, something like that, enough to get us a Frosty. Apparently, if they score three or four goals, we get a free Frosty. We never took advantage. But anyway, they, they would do this thing where after um, they scored, everybody would stand up and like call – like like say – Uh, you know, we're going to beat you or we're going to beat the hell out of you. And then later when the goal was announced, like however they call it out later, we would do this weird chant to tell the goalie how much he sucks.
0: The goalie on the other team.
1: Right. And it's like, I get it. You know, we scored on him, but why not build up our own player rather than trash the goalie of the other team?
0: Yeah, I mean, it was like the epitome of being sore winners. Yeah, it was... Kind of a little classless.
1: It was very weird, I thought. Man, I've been... Because I've been to... I haven't been to a lot of professional sports, but I've been to a bunch of college games, like a bunch of college football games. And I know uh, random people will yell things out, but... Usually the classless stuff is reserved for after the victory is actually taken
0: place. Yeah, I mean in unison, you know, ten thousand, however many people in that stadium were saying, You suck, you yeah. suck, suck, and it almost it was weird because instead of, you know, glorifying our team for winning and congratulating them and, and, and making the guy that scored the goal the example, we focus on the guy the opposite team's goalie. You know? Right. But, it's like And it's yeah. kinda like why are we even addressing them? We should be just building up and congratulating the guy that scored.
1: Right. It's like we're saying the, their goal sucks. Like how could you let our players score on you? Yeah. And it's exactly.
0: Like, it's like, yeah, our players are so shitty, but if you let our players score on you, that means you're bad. Right. And it's just it I felt like, you know, growing up with hockey and knowing that the Predators is a new franchise and knew it, like Nashville's never had hockey. I feel like, I feel like the something happened where the owners of the Predators were like, okay, everybody in Nashville. So when, when people go to a hockey game, they, they yell stuff out and they get really aggressive and, and they kind of chant things. And and so that's what Nashville needs to do. And it's like, well, what should we do? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Maybe tell the other team that they suck. And, and it's just like, they latched yeah. on to it, but it had no back to your original point of being creative. It's just kind of.
1: And I never like it when sports teams do the, the whatever, 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 we're going to beat the hell out of you. Like, I never like that. And th- like a lot of, uh, I think Auburn does that, like when they beat Alabama, they're like Ramma Jamma, Yellow Hammer, we're going to beat Alabama. I don't know. I don't know. But it's always a beat the hell out of you thing. And I just think, I don't know. Maybe that's why I don't play sports. But I just felt, I don't care that they do it. I, I mean, if I go back, I had a great time. <laughs> right, right. It didn't do No, ruin- but
0: I did. I, every, but it was almost annoying to hear, even though it was my own team right. winning. I was like, really? That's our chant? I'm not saying that. That's But I did like juvenile
1: that when they scored a goal, they had Tim McGraw come on the screen and he said, I like it. I love it. I want some more of it. Don't know what it is about the Predators scoring, but I like it. I love it. I want some more. I
0: mean, there was so much about... Nashville hockey that they have figured out because they've been able to intertwine the country music themes mm-hmm. you know they, they it's fun everyone's wearing yellow people are doing uh, glow sticks and the audience is fired up and and in the in the um half times I mean there was live country music playing I mean there was so much that was working but yeah. the the chance that the fans have yeah, now need, adhered to are just... They need new chance. Yeah. Just, they just need to be like, nah. Every time we
1: score, let's just be happy that we scored. Let's not berate the other team.
0: Yeah. And if you're going to, I mean, just be more sophisticated about yes. it. I mean, mm-hmm. you suck. Look, what are you, five years old? Yeah. I mean, I don't know.
1: Yeah. So I didn't like it either. Yeah.
0: I didn't, we didn't know we were going to talk about this, but... It's good well, to it feel good.
1: Yeah, especially when the other team in the end wins. Yeah. Right? It's like you've been telling them they suck the whole game, and now they beat you. It's like, how do you feel now?
0: Yeah, that's karma.
1: Yeah, I don't know, but I'm with you. Yeah. It, it it And um, I want the Predators to win. I think it's fun when they win, but I do think that's a weird chant. And I'm not the chant police. You can chant whatever you want, but I thought it was a weak chant.
0: I think it's a weak chant too, Dusty. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so we went to the Predators game, and then we thought, you know what? We neither one of us had been, or I haven't been to the Country Music Hall of Fame. Um, and I that's haven't been. Obviously, very typical Nashville. And so uh, we took my dad and uh, Mary Pat, his girlfriend, to the Country Music Hall of Fame, and I had a great time.
1: I had a great time too. I really enjoyed it. I, I, I knew that I would because I love country music, but I enjoyed it more than I thought I would.
0: Now, I have never liked country music. And I don't care for that. Yeah, and Dusty loves country music. I mean, perhaps one of the reasons that we always had a hard time doing our long road trips together in the beginning of our relationship was because you pretty much always insisted to play country music, and I never enjoyed it, and it was just hours of music that I hated. Um, and then, you this know, this is news to me. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, you know, it's true. And, and then now three years later, I, I still, you know, there's like a couple songs I'll be like, oh, you know, Fancy by Reba, that's fun. You know, a couple classics by Johnny Cash, the Dixie Chicks here and there. But other than that, I'm like, nah. But then I went to the Country Music Hall of Fame and maybe I just needed, A museum to, you know, appeal to my bourgeoisie taste. But I mean, I really got into it. And I started to learn about the stories behind the artists, the fashion was really appealing to me. I, you know, there was, because Dusty, you're looking around at the Country Music Hall of Fame, knowing all these people being familiar with their albums, their come up their stories. Most of them, I didn't even know who they were. But then I would read them and I'd hear about their stories and watch the videos. And I'd get really intrigued. And it was really cool because after we left, I became interested in uh, different particular characters because the other cool thing is that a lot of their stories re- revolved around Nashville, which is this city yes. we live in. Yes. And I am uh, a history nut, basically. I read a lot of history. I've always loved history. And and so then it sort of became like, wow, I'm living in this history that has such a rich or I'm living in this city with such a rich history of Artistry, and then I and now so now I'm starting to appreciate country music more from that point of view. And yeah. it's and it's exciting. i have been listening to the Judds, Charlie Rich, uh, Johnny Cash. Uh, we uh, um, what's his name? Is the Bandana Nelly w- Willie Nelson? Willie Nelson, yeah. Um, oh my goodness, so many of them. And it, Kenny Rogers, yeah. Emmy, West. Emmy, West. Emmy Lou Emmylou Harris, Harris. I mean, it's just been a really like a whole new world. It's almost like I needed country music to be presented to me in a historical <laughs> way <laughs> for me to get into it, but now I'm into it. So it's, it was a big news. And that's why we said Hannah Falls in Love because I have now fallen in love with country music.
1: Country music's incredible.
0: Well, it's
1: incredible. It's great storytelling, it's great music, uh, I don't know, instrumental stuff. I mean, you know. There's some country music out there now. I'm not trashing it all, but there's some out there now that's not good. And I feel like a lot of the not good stuff gets the mainstream attention. But there's some incredible country. Country is a nice blend of blues and folk mm-hmm. and stuff. And
0: I mean, some incredible singers. Yeah. You know, Wynonna is an incredible voice. Um, Loretta Lynn. Uh, oh man, I got really into Dottie West yeah. and read about her sad, tragic end. And, and a, a podcast, you know, I really love like tortured artists and stuff like that. And there's plenty of them in country music. They've been
1: a Podcast I like is called sleeping uh, on Me," cocaine and rhinestones. Uh, yeah. and that's such a great podcast about the history of country music.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We wa- we also watched, uh, with my parent or uh, my dad and his girlfriend, um, the movie Walk the Line with Joaquin Phoenix. I've
1: seen it in the past, but it's been a long time. It's
0: been a long time since I'd seen it. um, And I really enjoyed it because you really kind of understand... Now, I know it's, uh, you know, probably took a lot of creative liberties because it really isn't the story of Johnny Cash. It's a love story about the two of them, him and June Carter. But it was very beautiful because you realize, you know, some of his torturedness was his inability to be with the woman that he loved and his inability to get over the trauma of his childhood. So obviously very appealing to someone like me.
1: But he ended up, uh, he died in Hendersonville, which is where we live right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's and very it,
0: exciting to watch a movie and like, oh, come on down to Hendersonville, June and June Carter family, and we're like, well, that's where we live. Wonder if right. they went to the same gas station as
1: us. And now we walked around Hendersonville a little bit today, just yeah. you know, just enjoying it, just yeah, enjoying where we live now. And still so- don't like the restaurants around here, but. We-
0: that's it. Yeah. One of the things that um, happened when my dad was over was him and uh, his girlfriend wanted to give us some cooking lessons because my dad knows that I am not a domestic woman. And uh, and I guess they wanted to teach. And that Hannah doesn't like the stuff I cook. No, I mean, I, I like I, I. was fine with where with what we were doing, but uh, I guess my dad felt compelled to show us a few recipes, which he did. He did show us some good stuff, and he showed us how to make this really good tuna casserole.
1: We've been into it,
0: and we have been making this tuna casserole.
1: We're about to get sick of
0: it. We we made it about five times since they left. We yeah. have made it several times. It's a running a t-
1: joke between us is when we really like something, we say we're about to get sick of it. Yeah, because we just eat it up. We eat something until we are. Are sick of it, yeah. and then we never eat it again.
0: Yeah, there's a few things that we haven't gotten sick of, but there is. There, nah. well, yeah. we always said we were about to, but then maybe well, we, never we used did. to
1: have all these restaurants near us when we lived on the west side of, yeah. of, of Nashville, and uh, we would always say that about them, but yeah, man, man I wish they were near us now.
0: But anyway, so my dad told us, showed us how to make pasta. We had really good pasta. And then, and so the, the thing is with me is I love pasta. I love eating pasta. I try to eat it all the time. And-
1: Unless you try to take her to a pasta place in the daytime. <laughs> then she'll say something like, I don't eat pasta in the daytime. <laughs> Like, I'll oh, be I so don't. excited. I'll see a pasta place, and I'm like, ooh, I know Hannah will like this. And we go in, and she orders a salad. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing?
0: Well what, what kind of creep eats pasta at 12?
1: I will say I took uh, – we took uh, Hannah's dad and Mary Pat to um,
0: – Hattie uh, B's.
1: Hattie B's, and they ordered the mild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I want to get to
0: the point of pasta okay. because I've always been the purveyor of pasta, and I've always tried to eat pasta, and whenever I would – Whenever I would cook at home, really, it would be pasta. But Dusty, you know, he's a meat eater. He is a carnivore. And so he never really was into pasta. And It's been a bit of a problem in our marriage. and
1: Almost so, led to divorce.
0: So the interesting thing is that all through our relationship, I always hated country music. He always hated, he always hated pasta. But I then this pasta. week, I have started to love country music, and he suggested to eat pasta last night, and I was like, I don't want to eat pasta. Realizing that we have had a role reversal, he's now into pasta, and I am now into country music.
1: And I've been making more trips to LA lately, and I've really been liking it, and now my, my wife is getting into uh, country music. And yeah. By the time I'm uh, getting into the West Coast.
0: Yeah, Dusty's talking about moving to L.A., which I've been trying to get him to take me to the entire time we've been together. Um, and now, you know, we're we're considering the idea way more than we ever have. And he is all into moving to L.A. And I'm like, no, I want to stay in Nashville. I'm not
1: all into it, but, but I like it.
0: But now I'm pulling away. Yeah. Now I want it. Now I'm becoming a redneck.
1: Yeah, and I like that, though. <laughs> I'm into it. I yeah, mean, I mean, you know, but who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Who been,
0: knows what's down the road?
1: Been making some trips out there.
0: country music for having me. A good
1: time. I don't know why we really teased it that I hung out in L.A., because I'm not going to talk about what I did. But, but I did, you were there. I did hang out there.
0: You're jet-setting these days. Yeah,
1: I went out there for a few days, had a good time. Had some, you know, uh, as people like to say, had some meetings, mm. and, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, they went good. It was fun. And uh, things are going well, and um, I feel good. yeah. We have, uh, shows. But I am
0: not comparing myself to Dusty and his skyrocketing career because I am focusing on being original and not comparing myself to others. Right.
1: And like, what good does it do you? There used to be a, a, a saying that this guy had. I'll he tell said, you what, it
0: wouldn't do no good to this marriage. I'll tell you this that. This
1: guy said, Tomor- uh, today is the tomorrow you worried about yesterday.
0: Well, and the bible says that don't worry about today because today there is enough evil thereof
1: and that's true there is enough evil today
0: not thank to goodness. become all church lady but well, you thank, know i've been reading all types of books
1: well thank goodness that halloween's coming on i'm I'm, exci- I'm always excited when halloween's gone i'm not I, mean, I, I know that adults have really been adopting halloween but i'm not a kid anymore and i don't want to play dress up Mm. I enjoyed Halloween as a kid. I like dressing up. I like candy. But you know what? I'm not a kid anymore, and I don't want to be dressing up as something. Now, if I had kids, maybe, but I don't.
0: That's fine, Dusty, and that's fair, and that's acceptable.
1: If you, people want to do it, that's fine. I'm not mad at them, but... I don't have time for it.
0: All right, Dusty. Do you know what I mean, though? Well, you literally don't have time for it because you had just got home I did, from I, Los Angeles. I
1: actually, there was a party that we, we thought talked talked about going to. We were invited. We were sad that we weren't able to go, but I was very tired. Yeah. I was very tired. And um, uh, let's see. Is there um, anything that you would like to say here? Um
0: Great Scott.
1: what you got coming up you got a blog that you're writing oh
0: yeah I write a blog it's on my website it's called the self-help cynic
1: okay and uh, let's talk let's talk a little bit about that oh because uh, I want to talk about a little bit about what you're doing people if you've, you've made some posts here and there that's given pe- some people some questions uh-huh and I want maybe to, for you to explain <laughs> explain a little bit about what you're doing.
0: Well, I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what questions they are wondering about. I think sometimes I make or write something to maybe make myself seem a little off kilter in the attempt to get more attention and likes. Um, but a lot of people, I think, will be like, Are you okay? Or well, that's you the wrote this thing and it's Are seems- you okay? Yeah, I'm great. I think something I've been thinking about lately, and I. It may very well not be true for other people, but I feel very strongly about this right now because I haven't really know how to articulate it, but I am not my art. But I can write something and it could come across as, I don't know, bitter or crazy or frantic or confused, that doesn't mean that I'm in some sort, some sort of actual personal spiral. In fact, writing has leveled me out. I've started writing in the last, like bl- a blog, in the last couple months, and it levels me out. It stops me from, you know, just getting stuck. Like I just, it's more of a way for me to express myself, even if it's takes on you know creative liberties and and some of it is fictionalized quite frankly so
1: I think people are too used to sharing real personal stuff on social media I think we overshare things that we used to write down in a private diary that no one would read we now put on Facebook for everyone to see yeah so I think that when you do what you've done uh, it confuses people
0: well, the other thing I want to say, not
1: that it's wrong. You you people, you know, people are allowed people can be confused, you can confuse people. I think we are a bit of afraid of our emotions. We're afraid of being misled or disappointed or, you know, but these things they're going to happen.
0: Yeah, and I mean I remember I was listening to like Joey Diaz on a podcast one time, and he was talking about, I don't know, his journey in stand up and how he had to kind of accept the kind of uh, voice that he had in stand up because he's like, you know what, I'm a criminal. I watched my mom die when I was 10. I, you know, I've been in jail. I've. I've been a Debbie dad. I've, I've, I've failed and I've, I'm sh- I've been shady. I've, I'm, I'm, I'm not he. And so when people ask me to do a clean set, he's like, I'm not a clean person. And that really resonated with me. Not that I've been a criminal like Joey Diaz, but you know, I my mom died and my brother died in a car accident when I was 16. You know, it's like, I've been traumatized essentially, and it's had a real effect on me. So for me to try to when people ask, are you okay? I'm like, well, yeah, I am, but I'm as okay as I, as I could possibly be, you know, but writing what I want to write is a way for me to, to, I don't know, cleanse myself of all the weird things that I think sometimes. And I understand that some people don't understand it, but I know I'm okay. And it feels good for me to express myself. And sometimes I like to push buttons. So, you know,
1: I totally know. I'm with you. I just thought that that would be fun to have you explain that.
0: Well, and it you it was a fun- less fun than you maybe wanted. I don't know.
1: I had a great time. Okay. And you have a blog, and where can they go to find that blog?
0: Yeah, now this feels like my blog is really hyped up. I didn't know you were going to hype up my blog. Um, I mean, I've had a blog where on and off. Where can o- you find it? Okay, but let me just explain. Oh, I'm sorry. I've had a blog on well, and off take it easy. since, I don't know, the, the aughts, basically. And I'll write for a couple months, and then it'll go dormant for a couple months, and then I'll write again. But my blog is on my website, and it's... What's the website? dot Hannah
1: Comedy is where you can find the blog. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just want people to go there and read it.
0: I know, but you're not letting me explain what I want to say.
1: Well, but I want them to know where to go get it. You know what I mean? Okay, where well, it it's to on be. my
0: website, hannahhogancom. com. It's in the link on my Instagram, and uh, yeah, I mean, I try to be articulate, but they're sort of uh, emotional style essays or fictionalized short stories. So you know, some, and I also try to do one a new one every week. So yeah, they're not going to always be the cleanest, clearest things but whatever no it's content i'm trying to just do it as well as i can but
1: that's what i just want people to go there and read it i think that it's a nice uh insight into your world into your mind and i think people should go check it out yeah that's what i'm saying okay we're not uh, it doesn't have to be clean or put together or whatever it is yeah you just that's your thing out there
0: yeah, it is my and day. I
1: want people to know what you're
0: doing oh you're sweet then dusty yeah I,
1: want people I appreciate to it to know what's happening what do you got going on you know
0: sorry I just I, I, I get insecure because I mean I, I feel like my whole life people are like are you okay like and I'm like, well I don't know it's like if, if you look at my life on paper it's like why well, why would I, you even ask that question well, It's I like asked, I don't know how, how are you I mean are, are any of us okay I, just because I, I'm just because I'm uh, voicing it doesn't mean that I'm any better off than you know your average soccer mom
1: well I am okay and
0: uh <laughs> well you are
1: okay. I ask you several times a day are you okay? <laughs> and uh so Sometimes I'm not. Yeah. But you had made a post a while back that caused people to ask some questions and um
0: Yeah, but I'm also a shit disturber and a little rascal.
1: And I like that about you.
0: Yeah, and I was like that before my mom died, so you know what I mean, add a little trauma on top of that and you get yourself quite a little vixen.
1: Yeah. And I like that about you. It's you know, nasty. we're having a good time out here.
0: I like how uh how even keel you are.
1: Yeah, well, I'm, I feel good. This is a nighttime podcast for us.
0: So. Yeah, we fired up on coffee. Yeah, pretty.
1: I got pretty jacked up. But
0: and I've been I, reading French literature.
1: I also feel like sometimes the more we have going on, I got exciting stuff coming up throughout the year. Various things. I got some corporate gigs coming up. I got some other things that I, I that I can't talk about. That, but I feel like they're coming up. And I and I don't I don't like those kind of teases. But I feel like it's okay to say it versus make- Ew, did
0: you just do the thing where you're like, I've got a big announcement coming up?
1: Well, that's what I was about to say. I'm not doing that yeah, on don't. Facebook. Well,
0: it feels like you're doing that. I'm not right.
1: doing that, though. I mean- oh,
0: okay. I'm not on Facebook.
1: No, you go on Facebook and you write, I got a big announcement coming up. And I'm not, you know, if you do that, that's your thing. I get it. We're all trying to get likes. Yeah. But I'm, I'm. Uh, we
0: are all just trying to get likes. We are all trying to get likes. So you know When I mean? people, when you question what someone's doing online, just narrow it down to, we're all just trying to get likes.
1: Right. So when people do that and say, I got a big announcement coming up. I can't talk about it right now. Like I always kind of roll my eyes, but I'm also like, I know what you're doing. I get it. Yeah. I'm doing that in my own way. That's actually know? what I talked about in my blog this week. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, good. good. yeah because you know that's what we're doing whether we're comics whether we you know we may have an office job and we're like you know people make fun of people posting food but if you work in an office and then you go out to eat and you get this real cool looking meal that comes in front of you hell take a picture of it put it on instagram why not you know what i mean i dig it I want to see some of that stuff.
0: Yeah. And also before I met Dusty, I really hated when people would share pictures of couples in love. It was just like really triggered me because I was so lonely and sad. Um, But now that I'm in love and I'm in a happy relationship, when I see other people's pictures of themselves with their couples, I'm like, oh, I love it so much. And yes, 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 yes. So it's like kind of like it's all where your perspective is from when, when you're looking at the screen.
1: I only like to do that a little bit, but I like to do it.
0: What do you mean? Share pictures of me and you? Yeah. No, but I mean my reaction to other people's oh, yeah. lives changes as I feel about my own life. So when I see other pictures of couples on social media and I like the couple or I like one of them and I see a cute picture of them together, I'm like, I love it. But when I was single and I was sad and I was lonely, I would see happy and love couples and I'd be like, the. Everything sucks and life is terrible and I'll never be in love and I hate my life and that's what my blogs were like about five years ago.
1: That's what my notebooks were like about f- ten years ago.
0: I know that's why you're saying, "Ooh, I'm even keel. but it's like you have a, you have a dark side. You have a you have a, a romantic. I only have a... Du- brooding,
1: Yeah, but all of that's gone for me unless I nah, drink. I don't know. I, it may anymore. awaken again if I drink. That's what's but. so
0: weird about actual alcoholics is like there's some other Dusty inside of <laughs> you that I've never met. I've never met him. He's just in there like, let me out. <laughs> yeah,
1: he's he's, gone. he's Ooh, gone. That's weird. That's well, weird. it is. But, you know, and I've had dark moments, you know. I've had some... But it always... I mean, like just the idea like... In, Going back to Max's story, I mean, it seems like in Max's story, at least for that, it seems like that night he just blacked out and got naked and got in his car.
0: which is, And then got in someone else's car. Well, I,
1: I don't know. But either way, uh, it's not his interaction with people. You know, like that's the dark stuff is when you get you get black out, but still are interacting with people. Because it's like, yeah, who's who's running that? Who's steering that ship? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you're just floating around out there saying stuff, yeah. texting stuff, calling people. Uh, that's why I mean, my I did have a smartphone for a lot of my drinking time, but uh, I, I managed to stay good on it. But I also wasn't in the public eye at all. Not like I'm famous now, but I, I am. I do have more of a. You know, uh, people watching me as as I did at that time. I was selling pesticides, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'll get – I remember just back to talking about likes, but I remember at times when I thought I was getting these big likes and I'll get like a reminder on my phone. It will be like five years ago and I'll be like, ooh, I got a lot of likes on that and I wouldn't have gotten a lot compared to what I get now. So yeah, I'm bragging on myself. That's
0: how I feel when I think I get big likes and then I see how many likes you get.
1: Well, um, well, I
0: like to let's think keep that, it one hundred here. Well, I like darling. to think that I'm a
1: friendly person and that people like me and they yeah. they like to like my post.
0: Yeah, and I write some unrelatable shit. <laughs> 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 but what what can you do when you're just you're just naturally unrelatable?
1: <laughs> uh, we're just out, we're all out here doing our thing. You know? Yeah,
0: yeah, I like that. I attract relatable people though. Yeah, like you and all my other very nice boyfriends that before, well, were before you. I, don't know, so I somehow in. always dated nice guys. Oh. Shout out to my exes, but shout out to my current husband.
1: Yeah,
0: and the future one.
1: Yeah, see that's,
0: that's a <laughs> all right. See I that's what I'm saying. I'm unrelatable. I say right. weird shit. Well,
1: it's weird for me because if I were to do that on this podcast, shout out to all my exes. That would be
0: next podcast. You'd <laughs> be a eunuch. Yeah. <laughs> eunuch, Dusty. You uh, know what that means.
1: Uh, Yeah, I do know
0: what that is. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, maybe our audience can look that up if they don't know for next podcast. All right. Our late night podcast get wild. I had a good time. I feel this. almost drunk right now.
1: I enjoyed this podcast. It's probably all the electromagnetic waves going into our heads from the equipment that we have in
0: here. Yeah, I think it's our I think it's our sexual and spiritual chemistry as well.
1: Maybe that's it. Yeah,
0: baby. Well, um yeah,
1: go to our website. My website's dustyslay.com. She's Hannah Hogan comedy.com. Uh, my social media at dusty slay on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. She is at Miss Hannah Hogan, Instagram and Twitter. And on Facebook, she is Hannah Hogan. Look us up, like our stuff, go to our YouTube, go to, you know, go to this, this podcast that you're listening to on whatever platform that you're listening to. Just give us a five-star review. You don't even have to write a review. Just give us a five-star rating. I'd love it. If you gave us a review, wrote a comment. But if you don't, that's fine. Just give us a five-star review or whatever the platform you're listening on, whatever the highest rating is. Uh, Don't mess around. Don't be a real critic and go, well, uh, it drug a little bit towards the end, so I'm going to give four stars. Make it five or take a hike. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> That's not very relatable of
1: you, Dusty. Very off brand. It is not. But my name is Dusty Slay, and she's Hannah Hogan, and we are having a good time. <laughs>